and welcome to the True Crime Squad. This is Katie Weaver. I'm here with my sister, co-host and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Hey, everybody. We're pre-recording a show. It feels like forever since we did this. (laughs) Right? We're really taking a a break from Daybell Vallow for just a second. It is Tuesday. We are not in court today. Uh, I will be in court on Wednesday. Christy, you'll be in court on Thursday. And then our associate Darla will be in court on Friday. So yes. we'll be bringing you all the lives those days. Today, uh, nobody could go. So yeah. we're just, we're doing what we can and, and not doing what we can't. <laughs> so Doing the best we can, man. <laughs> yeah. But in the meantime, there's a lot of other stuff happening in the true crime world that we felt like deserved some uh, airtime as well. And for those of you that are Daybell Vallowed out, is it possible? Well, probably. Uh, you may appreciate a little change of direction from us well so, and it turns out there actually are other things going on in the world <laughs> big things yeah kind of a weird sure. feeling but yeah actually there's a lot going on mm-hmm. for sure so we thought this would be a good opportunity to do a true crime roundup this is one of those these those shows where we do six small segments and introduce you to six different cases uh or bring you updates or whatnot on things that we felt like you would want to know yeah So let's go ahead and get rolling. We're going to kick it off with a missing person spotlight. Yes. And I guess I should say they're not missing anymore. Vulnerable, however. Yes. I want to introduce you to the Lutz family. This is a family from Newton, Illinois, who has had not been seen or heard from in about nine weeks. Uh, Sometime around February 10th, they were reported missing. And their phones had been disconnected. And their family have been very, very concerned. Stephen has been, uh, he has been seen going to court on some domestic violence charges. He has a strong history of mental illness and violence and drug use. And then they just disappeared. And their families have been absolutely terrified, wondering if they're okay or what's going on with them. Right. Where are these little kids? Yeah. Uh, On February 10th, a U-Haul was seen at their house attached to his truck. But the family didn't tell anyone that they were leaving or they were going anywhere or anything. Yikes. And then uh, on the 14th, on Valentine's Day, their phones were pinged in Richmond, uh, Indiana, and then that was it. Nobody saw them after that, and mm. there has been grave concern for them. So we started sharing their missing posters a few days ago on Twitter, uh, as did a lot of people, and lo and behold, they were found, kind of. They uh, Their truck, or sorry, they're, uh, I got to go back to Twitter. That's what I closed. I accidentally closed an article and I couldn't figure out which one. It was this one. So their license plate actually did ping after there was, you know, an alert that these four were missing. And they have been found in Arizona. 
safe ish safe ish i think this is still extremely concerning mm -hmm. so they're found uh in cochise county which is east of tucson and borders mexico mm. so not sure if they are trying to leave the country or if they were mm -hmm. uh of course uh Steve Lutz still has charges pending. Also, apparently one um, of his boys... Are the boys voluntarily with him? or Right. That's the question. This all feels very wrong. Mm -hmm. Apparently, uh, one of the boys heard him saying, talking to himself and saying that he needed to kill his family. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. It's a really serious situation. So do authorities like have hold of these kids? Like it's it's unclear. So they they made contact with Monica first and the boys together without Stephen. Mm -hmm. And the deputy who made contact with them said the boys appeared healthy and Monica told them where they could find Stephen. She also told them that they have relocated and they have no plans of returning to Newton. So they literally have moved to this place mm -hmm. then. Okay. Apparently. Okay. Yeah. But he can't just run on, he's on, he's running from charges. I mean. Yeah. Wow. That is so concerning. Like that's every red flag you can think of when it comes to domestic violence, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. So there is a warrant out for his arrest. So, but we're still not sure if he was actually physically located yet in Arizona or what's happening there. So I would not say, I think that this family is particularly safe at this point. But they're located. But they are located. I mean, yeah. I assume he's going to get arrested. Well, gosh, you would sure think so. Well, but will Illinois, I mean, is it a big enough charge that Illinois will extradite? That's the other question, I guess. That's, yeah. We'll see. Wow. We'll see. So, I mean, I'm glad that they've been found safe, if you can call it safe. It's just, I still think it's extremely concerning. So. I hope Arizona authorities are keeping a very close eye on that mama and children. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't feel like this, this does not feel good at all. No, no, it definitely does not. Yeah. Yep. So all the love to that family. And yes, I hope that he gets arrested and extradited to give these guys some breathing room so that they can really evaluate their safety. and Yeah. Taking and your family and isolating them after you've had a domestic violence charge is not exactly a good look at all. Yeah. No. That's super concerning, for sure. Yeah. So that is that. Christy, I'm going to turn the mic back over to you for some serial killer news. Yes. Squad, there is something weird happening in Austin, Texas. And I know people will start screaming serial killer without any evidence of it, but there is something odd going on. So... Four people in the last four months have been found dead in a lake in Austin. People in the community are really concerned that this might be a serial killer. Uh, the latest victim is uh, John Christopher Hayes Clark. He's 30 and he was pronounced dead at the scene. Mm. Here's the thing. They're all men. Mm -hmm. None of them show any signs of foul play, but they're all found in the lake. So they're basically, they wow. all drowned within okay. a four-month period. They're pretty similar in age, 
Um, so there are a lot of, the community is like, Ooh, I don't know. The police are like, ah, we don't know. We haven't found any foul play and we're investigating, you know, and they may know more than they're going to say, of course. Mm-hmm. But I think this is something we should keep an eye on. Um, mm-hmm. So police found Jason John, age 30, dead in Lady Bird Lake in February a week after he was last seen on Rainy Street. Now, remember Rainy Street because this is one commonality. There is a popular row of bars near the water on Rainy Street. Okay. Another man who has not been identified yet was found on March 5th. Jonathan Honey, 33, was found on April 1st, mm-hmm. um, a day after he was last seen at a food truck on Rainy Street. Oh, And now we have our latest victim, John Christopher Hayes Clark, age 30, who was found just Monday of this week. Uh So that's four in a a short time of span, you know? Uh Um, I mean, definitely suspicious. Yeah, it is. So police are saying one common theme of the drownings in Austin this year is the combination of alcohol and easy access to Lady Bird Lake, which has numerous access points. But let's get real, okay? Just because there's a body of water there and people are drinking there does not mean that people are just randomly falling in the lake and drowning. Right. That is that is the kind of answer that we hear when either the police aren't taking it seriously or they just genuinely don't know. It's kind of like the idea that um, indigenous teenage girls just wander out into the desert and die of exposure. Like, bullshit. Mm-hmm. No, they don't. You know, that yeah. might have happened once. It didn't happen. This Four men did not get drunk and fall into Lady Bird Lake in the last three and a half months. Like, right. no, they didn't. Come on. Yeah. That's just, that's not realistic at all. No, it is odd. Um, It is odd that they're all coming from the same place. They are all near the same age. And they all appear to have died by drowning, which, you know, there's more than one way to die by drowning and one falling in the lake is only one of those. So police say that they are still investigating. Um, They also noted that this area closes at 10 p.m. and urged people not to enter at night. Wow. <laughs> There's nothing happening here, but don't go in there at night. <laughs> so I think we should be keeping a close eye on this situation because the idea that all of these people just fell in the lake and died is just, that's just lazy and it's not true. Uh-huh. You know, statistically, that just isn't the case that that many people in that short of a time would all die exactly the same way by accidental causes. Right. No. Have some other kind of strange connections like the Rainy Street connection. Yeah, they're all falling in in the same area. They've all been seen in the same area around these bars. So come on. Yeah. Come on, Austin PD. We got to do better than this. Yep. So we're going to keep a close eye on this and uh, keep you updated that people in Austin are very concerned. And rightly so. And I do think that it's wise to remember that this is happening in this area and this is a place to stay away from after dark and to be very careful. Yeah. I think also, though, we should be using our critical thinking skills and not just go with the pat answer of they all fell in and drowned because that's ridiculous. Yeah, for sure. 
So Katie, easy way out. It is the easy way out. I am kicking the mic back to you for yes. some racial injustice. Some racial injustice. All right. Yet again, a young black man was shot. Oh. This time for the heinous crime of knocking on the wrong door. Oh my God. This is unbelievable. This is Ralph Yarl. Ralph is 16. Ralph's a great kid. He's an accomplished musician. He is an awesome brother. And a few days ago, he was doing what brothers do. He was on a task for mom. He was out picking up his twin brothers from a play date. How cute is he, that picture with him and his bass clarinet? Mm-hmm. We're band nerds. Yeah. We played clarinet. I really, uh-huh. I really have empathy for this kid. We, we really feel Ralph, yes. Yeah. So Ralph went to the wrong address. It was close to 10 p.m. And he went to the address that mom told him. But uh, she gave him the right to house number, wrong street name. Oh, okay. Happens, you know. Sure. Things happen. Not that big of a deal. Ralph knocked on the door. You know, as you do when you're going to pick up your brother's. This happened in Kansas City, Missouri, by the way. And when he did so, someone came to the door who apparently didn't take kindly to having a black kid on his front steps. And he shot him through the door in the head. And then once he was down, shot him again in the arm. Jesus Christ. Ralph managed to run to a neighbor's house. Apparently knocked on three different doors before somebody would help him. Even the people that helped him didn't treat him uh, well. No. Treated him like a criminal. Made him lay on the ground with his hands over his head while they waited for authorities to come. That's about the time that he passed out. (coughs) Uh, He was in the ICU uh, for a couple of days and now he's home. He's miraculously home. This kid is tough as hell. Mm-hmm. He's to have recovering. lived through this and recovering is amazing. He's recovering. Um, initially, there was no arrest. And rightfully so, people in their community were not having it. And there were protests going on out around the house where this happened. And... Oh. <laughs> I watched you like I knew the sneeze is coming. You know it's coming. You're like, oh no, oh no. (laughs) Just lucky I was heavy on that mute button. (laughs) Uh, At any rate, they have finally arrested a man, an 84 year old man named Andrew Lester. So Andrew was taken into custody. Well, he was taken into custody by the police for 24 hours. And then released without charges on Friday because the police needed to get a statement from Ralph. You know, the kid shot in the head. What? Since when? Yeah. But they have finally, uh, as of last night, there was a press conference. They had uh, issued an arrest warrant. At that point, they hadn't actually arrested Mr. Lester yet. And so I'm hoping that happens today. But uh, he is charged with first-degree aggravated assault. Why not Uh, attempted murder? 
He shot right. that boy in the head. Yeah, it should be. What, what do you think his intent was? <laughs> right. To kill him. Yeah. Um, also, he fired through a glass door. Through a door. At no point even was open he the at door. risk of anything. No. no. So if you are one of the people that want to come in here and yell at us that stand your ground laws or whatever, it doesn't mm. apply. He no. did not cross breach the threshold to this man's home. He was not armed. There was no imminent uh, threat to Mr. Lester in any way. So it, it's not oh, going to apply. on the door. Right. And he's a child. Some of the articles yeah. I've read called him Mr. What's his last name? Yarl. Mr. Yarl. Mr. Yeah. Yarl is his dad. He's, he's a, a kid. kid. One of the I've seen this trend in the news referring particularly to black teenagers as women and men. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, media, stop that bullshit right yeah. now. They're not yeah. women and men. They're children. He's a 16-year-old kid who plays the bass clarinet in band at school. Yeah. He's and- not a man. He's not a major moral. Yeah. God, I'm sick of that stuff. Seeing teenagers yep. treated as women. No, they're children. Seeing mm-hmm. all black kids always get identified as adults when they're teenagers. And yep. those are not their kids. Stop yep. doing that. That's so... Ugh. No, it's wrong. It's so wrong. And it is a ploy, whether they realize they're doing it or not, it is a ploy to downgrade. To minimize what happened, that this was an, an incident that happened yep. between two adults. No, yep. it fucking isn't. Yep, for sure. Mm. So very frustrating, but we will, I will say the prosecutor in the press conference said there is a racial component to the case. So he was asked if there's going to be hate crime charges. He said, actually, the charges that they have, uh, that they're charging him with serve a much lengthier sentence than the hate crime charge would. And so Uh, they're sticking with this one because it's, it's better. It worries me because the perpetrator here is old Mm -hmm. that they will minimize this. Oh, definitely. And yeah. bullshit. You know, this guy is a risk to his community. Yep. yep. A risk to black children. Um, yep. Lock him away forever. Absolutely. You can't be owning no. a gun and shooting people through your front window, your front door like that. No. no. Absolutely not. God almighty. Nope. I shudder to think what his defense is going to sound like. But at any rate, so hopefully arrest uh, an arrest will be made now. He may be in custody now. I might just not know it. But mm-hmm. at any rate, uh, bail has been set at 200000 And hopefully we get this lunatic off the street before he hurts anyone else. Because what Jesus in Christ. the hell is that about? And, of course, all the love to Ralph and his family and his uh, continued healing and making a full recovery so that he can get back to playing that clarinet. What an incredible kid. I mean, incredible. Absolutely. Yep. But it's one of those cases that if the uh, the community at large doesn't say loud, stay loud about it, it will just, you know. Yeah. It's it's really to the credit of the people in the community of uh, putting pressure on this case yeah. and getting it on social media that it... Yeah. is getting the attention it's getting the uh the prosecutor is promising and the sheriff uh well, this case isn't going away don't worry we're not <laughs> we're all over it you know they said sometimes the wheels of justice turn a little slower than people would like but let justice happen it's definitely happening so hopefully well, that's we're true gonna hold you to that yeah 
Absolutely. So with that, Christy, I'm going to kick the mic back over to you for a crime update. Yes. So there are some updates in the Trent Lair Camp situation. Mm. Shall we call it assault, attack? What's the worst word I can think of? The updates are not what we would like them to be. Let's just be perfectly honest. Things are not going the way that I think that the people in his community and people pulling for this young man have hoped for. So if you remember, Trent Lairkamp is 19. He ended up in a hospital on March 21st after he was seriously intoxicated. He had stuff pouring all over him. He was spray painted. Like they called it initially a hazing. Well, police have finally come back with some charges and there's been some serious outcry that no one has been charged. Uh But what we've got so far, uh, pretty milk toast. So first of all, the parents of the home where this all occurred have been arrested. Uh Um, I mean, these kids were all underage and they were drinking alcohol and and Trent's blood alcohol was 0.424, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a miracle he lived. That's that's alcohol poisoning massively. So Lauren and James Struther have been arrested um, due to, you know, them allowing this stuff to go down at their house. At their house, yeah. Yeah. And then we have um, some other, a couple of other kids that were arrested that are minors. And so we don't know their names. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not arrested for what we would like them to be arrested for, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, they keep referring to everything that happened to Trent that he did voluntarily. And I got to tell you that if his blood alcohol was 0.424, he didn't do anything voluntarily. He could not consent to anything. They're saying that he consented to be sat in this chair and duct taped to the chair and that he consented to getting hit with eggs and being sprayed with a hose and being spray painted in the face. Yeah. No, no. When you're that intoxicated, you are now a major risk to your own safety and cannot be considered able to consent. Right. And also, who consents to that? Really? Right. Who does consent to that? Well, unfortunately, what we're finding is there is a real history of bullying of Trent going on here. Mm -hmm. Trent is a little older than the boys that he was involved with. Mm Mm-hmm. It's kind of a known thing that Trent was trying to make friends. He wanted friends. Uh And so he had been hanging out with these guys and they were doing shitty things to him. This was not the first time this kind of stuff had happened. This was just the worst time it had happened. And, you know, I think that everybody's been there to some extent, you know, trying to have friends, you know, you kind of let them be dicks because you, you it's better than having no friends. Because uh-huh. everybody's like, well, why did he keep going back? Well, if you don't know, then you had a pretty fucking easy childhood, really. You know, I mean, we've all known kids that just really struggled with making friends and would put up with all kinds of crap so that they did have friends. And this is one of those kinds of situations. So the police are big mad because they say a lot of stuff was... Um, misreported in so on social media it got the 
Georgia Bureau of Investigation and the FBI into it. And it's diverted a lot of resources and kind of blaming Trent. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. In a way that just makes me sick, you know? For sure. Um, On Trent's GoFundMe, because there's a GoFundMe that has has brought in $130,000, which is awesome. Because Trent is actually in a facility out of state for the treatment of his PTSD. Because he is seriously traumatized psychologically by this situation. Well, yeah. Yeah. But he and consented by, to, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He totally wanted him to do this shit to him. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people have been saying, well, yeah, he's probably in like a drug and alcohol rehab. No, he isn't. This is a psycho, a psychiatric facility because he's having serious PTSD. Yeah. yeah. On his uh, GoFundMe page, uh, there was a statement. Trent wouldn't know until it was too late that these were not friends, but vile and abusive perpetrators who would go on to torture humiliate and insult him assault him in humane terrifying ways for hours Mm -hmm. now the police are saying he was not tortured um i would like to know what part of getting spray paint in your eyes is not torture yeah um and being sprayed with a hose while you're duct taped to a chair and this this isn't just supposition there was a video for god's sake there's a video of it we're putting videos on social media of them doing this stuff to trent laughing their heads off acting like this was the funniest thing they'd ever done in their lives right Right. So he's in a program that specializes in trauma, PTSD, and grief. His statement was, I want to get well. I want y'all to be proud of me. This poor kid. I think the world is proud of you, Trent, and horrified about what Horrified. Happened. And you know what? We're not going to shut up until some better movement happens in this mm-hmm. case. So um, a few things that have happened. One is that a teen has come forward uh, to say, because what happened is after these kids realized that he was in a serious bad shape, mm-hmm. they did take him to the emergency room. Mm-hmm. So uh, Brent Brett Buffington is a is a reporter um, who has been covering this real heavily. Yeah, and in he, town, boots on the ground. Yeah, a local yeah. guy. So he posted it on Twitter. A teen who tells me he held Trent's head up on the trip to the hospital and left his number in the emergency room, says Glynn County Police never called, and he was only interviewed after his friend's grandmother called 911 five days later. Mm -hmm. They never even talked to this kid. And yet, in that press conference, they referenced that, well, I mean, they were really pretty good friends. They drove him to the hospital, and one of them even left his contact information. The police never even bothered to talk to that kid, you guys. But let's, I want you to hear um, Trent's parents' statement after the, after the, press conference. Today, it was evident that they wanted to address and correct what the kids didn't do, but not recognize or acknowledge the fact of what was done to Trent. At the end of the day, he was mistreated in humane in inhumane ways. Trent was humiliated, being hosed in a car, and the joke of social media videos, and being taped to a chair and posed with in pictures. It is disgusting. We don't believe that confirming it wasn't feces on him, urine on him, or no battery acid down his throat makes this any better. 
A vulnerable 19-year-old was made to be a sick joke of someone's disgusting fun and games. The family has reached back out to the investigators. Trent has also since shared other occasions things of this nature have happened. Other parents have also come forward or made contact to inform the family he is not alone. And one of the kids was actually charged in a different bullying case that came out after Trent's case. Jeez. These kids are well known. Uh, let's see. He is not alone and that their kids have also been in situations with these kids. Jesus. What was that? I said, and they just keep getting away with it. Yeah, they do. Today it was shared that one arrest wasn't even tied to Trent, but to another kid who was able to come forward through this event. Trent was not the only one. We want this to happen to no one else. Through this continued awareness, hopefully this is the end of it. Trent was visibly taped to the chair. He was visibly spray painted. There also was a video shared with the police from the night when he came home and was once again spray painted, covered in a glue-like substance, sprayed with WD-40 and dripping wet from being hosed. This was a different night that this shit had also happened. It is hard to believe, and it was the first the family heard that he consented to being hosed down. He was visibly passed out in that video while being hosed. Doesn't seem to make sense that someone would consent. Not sure it's even considered consent if you are under the influence when someone wants to do a dude perfect video. Yeah. This is all very upsetting to Trent, to his family, and to the community. So many conversations have come from this. One that comes up constantly is, why would he keep going back there? So many have shared their stories through this. And one statement that stands so true is, I've been there before. Maybe not to that extent or that specific type of situation, but can't many of us ask ourselves, why do we keep going back? Yeah. Rest assured, Trent is getting good care. However, there are bad days filled with anxiety and fear. He is working through the trauma and PTSD, past losses, and the grief that comes with it, as well as getting all the recommended care they feel is beneficial to him. He is not being treated for alcohol or drug addiction. Thank you again on behalf of Trent for all your prayers and continued support. The police have really downplayed this and really yeah. sort of turned it around on Trent. Mm -hmm. And I think that's disgusting because they're not acknowledging the fact that there is a serious bullying problem in this town yep. and that these kids are at the center of it. Yep. And <laughs> I do and think that further away with it. Yeah, they do. And further disgusting. pressure does need to be put. I, I don't care if it costs a lot of resources. How many other trends are there in this town that have been terrified to speak up because these kids are getting away with it? Mm -hmm. This is not okay. No, not okay you at all. You have to keep a close eye on this case, as many other people are as well, mm -hmm. to ensure that there's some safety for these, these young kids, these yep. young teenagers, older teenagers, whoever they are, that they aren't at risk of being harmed like this ever again. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Well, I'm going to kick the mic back to you for uh, creepy crime. Creepy crime. Ooh. We've all heard about what AI can do in lots of different ways, and AI is doing yeah. some amazing things, some brilliant things. And also some terrifying things. Right. And this is not the first account I've heard of this happening, but this is one of the first written articles that I found that I thought was uh, good to share. So 
there is a way through AI to clone someone's voice. Mm. And kidnappers, kidnappers, Mark means quotes, uh, mm-hmm. are, they're not air quotes anymore. They're Mark means quotes. Uh, they will and, forever be. Yeah, he, he, he started this. Anyway, <laughs> they are cloning people's voices and then calling family members and telling them that they have kidnapped this person and have their voice crying, begging them for help, things like that. And it's terrifying. So it, this happened to Jennifer Stefano. She answer, answered a call from an unknown number and heard her daughter's voice on the other end saying she'd been kidnapped. Her daughter was a teenager. She was on a ski vacation at the time. And the only reason she answered an unknown number is because she thought it could be about her daughter, you know? Mm -hmm. When your kids are out of town, you answer calls that you otherwise might not have for that reason, right? Yeah. So when she answers, she hears her daughter's voice sobbing, saying, Mom, Mom, these bad men have me. Help me. Help me, please. Yeah. She hears a man tell her, put your head back, lie down, which, of course, terrifies her mother. The man says, listen here, I've got your daughter. This is how this is going to go down. You call the police, you call anybody, I'll pop her so full of drugs, I'm going to have my way with her and drop her off in Mexico. Mm. And so mom is terrified. And she can hear her in the background crying and begging for help. He demands a million dollars. And... She's in a dance studio with her other daughter and doesn't have a million dollars. So he lowered it to $50,000. Well, of course, she was smart enough while she was on the phone with him to use a different device to text her husband. And so her husband ran down their daughter and discovered that she was safe in bed uh, where she was supposed to be. Oh my God. And so then they knew that it was actually a scam. But so then, of course, she got sideways with these guys and called the police. But uh, she said it was absolutely her voice. She said it was her inflection, the way she would have cried. She said, I never doubted for a second it was her. My God, that is terrifying. Yeah. And you figure how many of us have our voices somewhere online, you know? Well, our voices are all over the Internet. Right. But it's usually this is a. They're using teenage girls. Everyone I've heard about this so far are teenage girls. So you make a video on, you know, any platform or someone makes a video of you and puts it on theirs. And too many of your details are available to find online. And pretty soon uh, they're cloning your voice. It's terrifying. It is. It's terrifying. Uh, Both of the cases I've read about in this uh, aspect, uh, one of them that I heard heard about on TikTok, they did give them money. And then after they gave them money, they upped the ante and wanted more money. Okay. And that's when uh, <clears throat> things started to feel wrong. And so while one person was talking to the kidnappers, somebody else was making contact with the sister. Mm-hmm. But of course, it's an absolutely terrifying experience as well. Like everything about this is very scary. 
So I am running this story for partly because holy shit, but also partly just as a PSA. This is something to be aware of. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. You know, we all need to come up with a some kind of a safe word or a family code or something mm-hmm. that we never say online, obviously, mm-hmm. that can be used to confirm who somebody yeah. is. For sure. Yep. Please say, if you get a call like this, keep them on the phone. Slow it way, way down. Ask a million questions. Act like you're cooperating. And in the meantime, do what you can to make contact with, uh, you know, the person in question or with someone else that can help, you know, help you find that person before you do anything crazy and turn over a bunch of money or, you know anything else so yeah pretty wild that's terrifying it really is well i don't know i i find ai way more scary than i do interesting i i was just um i just watched a video right before we recorded the show about how um this ai bot thing um taught itself how to speak a language that it wasn't programmed to speak because someone posted a question in that language and it just searched the internet and learned the language. Wow. And the people who programmed it had no idea that it had that capability. Oh, geez. Yeah. We've got all this AI stuff, the chat GPT, all this stuff happening before too quickly. It's happening too quickly. It's happening before people know how to control it and how to protect us from it. Mm -hmm. And that's terrifying that it knew how to just go get the information needed to speak in that language. Yeah. That is not okay. Yep. Not okay at all. Creepy crime indeed. Well, with that, I'm going to kick the mic over to you for our last segment today, which is WTF News. Oh, boy, is it. You know, we hear a lot of serious bullshit coming out of Oklahoma, and there is some more. Sometimes I think Oklahoma is just the Midwest Idaho, frankly. Mm -hmm. Um. So recently, a reporter had some concerns about some things going on in his county. There had been a death in custody, and he got the impression that there were some secret meetings going on between county officials that were real sketchy. So he managed to leave a device in a room to record one of these meetings. And what he recorded is he got way more than he bargained for in this recording. So there were four county officials in the room, including the sheriff. Let's see. um, The sheriff's captain, the district two commissioner and the jail administrator were all in the same room having this conversation. And they started talking about two of the journalists in the newspaper that were trying to expose them for some things that had gone not okay Uh and about this death in custody and some other things. And uh, they started talking about knowing hitmen and knowing where two holes are already dug. 
And I think this it was Please. the sheriff who said, uh, I know where you can get a, a loader or a backhoe or something too. So a portion of this recording was released by the local newspaper. It also has them making racist comments about black people and about ways to unalive black people that I'm not going to say out loud because I know they're very triggering, but terrible, racist, murderous shit. Uh Um, This has all got to the governor of Oklahoma. And I know Governor Kevin Stitt, and I've seen many people refer to him as Governor Shit because nobody really likes him. Um, However, (laughs) I know. Oklahoma is the new Idaho. Um, yeah. But he said, I am both appalled and disheartened to hear of the horrid comments made by officials in McCurtain County. There is simply no place for such hateful rhetoric in the state of Oklahoma, especially by those that serve to represent the community through their respective office. He has called for the resignation of all four of these officials. Good. The sheriff who is an elected official. Yeah. The others could be fired. This one, sure. not so much. Um, oh, yeah. So here's the quote when they're talking about the um, the reporters. I know where two deep holes are dug if you ever need them. Um, and the sheriff responded, I've got an excavator. Uh, another person on the call said, he's known two or three hitmen in Louisiana, and they're very quiet guys. The hell you're, you're like law enforcement what do you mean you know hitmen right um talking about wanting to unalive black people and saying they got more rights than we got for hell's sakes idiots um <clears throat> this the, the recording authenticity has not been verified however if you live in that community and you know these elected officials i think it's not really much of a stretch So now what's happening is that the people in this county are pissed about this. And they have been showing up, about 100 people have been showing up at the courthouse demanding that the sheriff and these other officials resign. Wow. Um, You know, and of course, they're like saying that, you know, these were just jokes. It's just jokes. It's just jokes. You don't joke about shit like that in in a meeting between officials. This is you know. not a joke. None of that is a joke. Nope. Yeah. And they're also violating the Open Meeting Act. They're, you know, when you meet in regards to things happening in your community and you're a public official, I, I'm a, I'm a um, planning and zoning commissioner in my town. And I'm on a couple of different boards related to planning and zoning. And our meetings are recorded and live streamed. Every yeah. single meeting. We never ever have a conversation in private no. these conversations are public anybody can right. watch them it, live or after law. It, yeah it violates open meeting laws yeah it does you have to be transparent and these fools are getting together at meeting and they are not transparent they're not following their own rules and their state rules and laws about what they're supposed to be doing and then they're having these kinds of discussions yeah um, <clears throat> so one of the thoughts about what's going on here is that local officials are upset about stories that the newspaper has run that cast the sheriff's office in an unfavorable light. This is including <laughs> death. Yeah. That, well, that wouldn't be hard to do, would it? <laughs> um, 
<clears throat> so this is about the death of Bobby Barrett. He's a broken bow, Oklahoma man. And he died at a hospital in March of 2022 after McCurtain County deputies shot him with a stun gun. And the newspaper filed a lawsuit against the sheriff's office because they wanted to see the body cam footage and, and other records that were connected to this guy's death because they had real questions about, you know, were, did they do what they should have done because he died from being tased? And we know from other cases we've covered that that generally means that he was tased too many times or for too long or, you know, done the wrong way. Yeah. So the recordings have been turned over to the FBI and the Oklahoma Attorney's General Attorney General's office. And um, now they're talking with federal investigators. So this is going to go further. Yep. Um, I'm happy to see that the people in this community are like, we are not putting up with this shit. We want you out. And, you know, we want you out of um, leadership in our community. You don't have any right to be in leadership if that's the way you're going to behave. Yep. Good. Um, let's I hope see. to get rid of all of them. Right. So Joey Sennett, who is a journalism professor at Oklahoma State University, uh, made some comments on this because, you know, um, there are concerns about the safety of journalists. There have been some murders yeah. of journalists in the, in the United States recently. Sure. Um, so he said the whole conversation seemed deplorable. I was shocked as I assume most people were not only about the comments about journalists, but the racist comments regarding African-Americans joking doesn't excuse that. He yeah. also said that under Oklahoma law, the recording would be legal if it were obtained in a place where the officials being recorded did not have an, a reasonable expectation of privacy, which they didn't because they were yeah. in a public place right. having an illegal meeting. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. we'll keep an eye on that, but I do think you don't that, like it too damn bad. Yeah. I think that the, uh, the citizens in that community are doing a great job of working hard to end this problem mm -hmm. and end the, uh, jobs of these people. Yeah. I'm happy Good to see them. a community come together and go, no, you're not going to be our leaders. You need to get the hell out. Mm -hmm. Good on them. More power to them. Yeah. All righty. Well, that's it. A true crime roundup. Mm -hmm. The rest of this week will probably be daybell coverage because yeah. there's a lot of it, sure. uh, including case updates Wednesday night. I'll be in court all day Wednesday, so we'll be back Wednesday night to tell you all about it. Mm -hmm. uh, and if other things happen that we can fit in some here, somehow, some way here, of course, we'll get to that too. Uh, just hearing that this morning in daybell court, uh, uh, pretty well-known podcaster was kicked out of court by judge Boyce because uh, he said that she was taking pictures. Apparently Archibald accused her of taking pictures before really? court started and she was removed from the courtroom for disruptive behavior. So Interesting. I'm not going to name her. Uh, I'm sure you'll hear about it all from her, but uh, mm -hmm. yeah, the paranoia. There was, I saw, that, continues. I saw that Nate Eaton and this cracks me up, Katie, because this probably started with you um, that there was a statement made by the judge that you should not be holding your phone up. If you're holding your phone up, you will have your phone uh, taken confiscated. from you. Confiscated. Yes. And that's what the judge thought you were doing when you were just, you were yep. tweeting. tweeting yep. But he thought you were holding your camera on him. Mm -hmm. I think if I was in that courtroom, I would literally put a post-it note 
or a piece of tape or something over my camera. Right. Just Literally, make it to real just clear. Like, there's no way yeah. I can take anything. Hmm. Yep. Anyway, so uh, we'll keep an eye on that. But uh, yep, sounds like Boyce is, is voicing it up. Sounds like it. Yikes. Yeah. All righty, guys. Have a good day. Take good care of yourselves. You know you deserve it. This has been yet another production of the True Crime Squad. Thanks for being here, everybody. Thank <music> you.